but I feel like I'm that person right now. I'm trying to be like, it's it all is. connected. It's all happening and like it not is. making any sense in this particular moment. But, <laughs> but Kat has a receipt that is a good, I think, example of what we're talking about. Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist and shop owner, and half of one of your favorite fat queer power couples. <laughs> I'm joined by my co host and producer, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya. I'm a fat, multiracial, Minneapolitan millennial who is half of a queer fat power hosting couple. <gasps> <It's us! laughs> On a matter of fat, we talk about the cultural politics of fat liberation with a Midwest perspective. In this episode, we discuss discovering and embracing identities, share our interview with Alejandra Hernandez Chavez, and chat about a few relevant pop and cultural happenings in the dirt and discourse. Ooh, let's get into it all as, as a matter, matter of fact. Okay, so I am so excited that we get to share our interview with Alejandra Hernandez Chavez later. Um, but before it, we wanted to talk a little bit about like a topic that's near and dear to our hearts or on our minds. And in that interview, you're going to hear uh, her mention that like fat is a final identity that she came to uh, after figuring out a lot of other identities first. Or it's like the most recent identity. But what's really struck me was like how cool it is that there are just more, like an exponential almost amount of identities for us to explore as we continue to evolve and grow. And um, I think this correlates really nicely to National Coming Out Day, which happened recently. So it kind of makes sense for us to consider like gender and sexual identity or like whatever that relates to this and how that feeds into our topic today and our conversation today. So that's where I'm at. That's where my mind's at. It's also making me think a lot about our interview earlier in the season with Casey Snow. I remember mm -hmm. sharing how enamored I was with just this idea of like how, how open Casey was about discovering themselves. And um, I've really been internalizing that a lot the last few months in this year. Like, you know, sometimes I think for myself, I'm, I convince myself that I have everything figured out. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, actually, there's so much more about <laughs> me to uncover. And so for me, that's part of this conversation, too. Yeah, I guess like it happens over and over and over again. And yet when I feel the most solid or like rigid in who I am and like, well, I know what the world is like. I know my beliefs, da, 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 da. That's when it's all about to start crumbling and falling <laughs> apart. So, so I think it's a good indicator that if I'm getting too comfortable or too like, uh, I don't know, uh, binary mm -hmm. for lack of a better word in the way that I'm like living my life, that's usually when things start to creep in and questions start to come up mm -hmm. and, I think especially recently, like I didn't start, uh, I, I changed my pronoun usage within the last year. Yeah. And th that was like an interesting choice. I, I think people do it for a lot of different reasons, obviously, but something that was a big piece of that, which I haven't talked about on the podcast very much is just like being fat my whole life. I've always felt left out of, you know, the homogenous heteronormative narrative mm. because I just didn't fit into the binary that I saw a lot of the time about gender or I don't know. And so instead of feeling like I was being pushed out of or like not belonging with this narrative, I kind of made this decision to just like embrace a queer identity and how empowering it is to embrace an identity versus being repeatedly like ostracized yeah. or told that you don't align with it as well. And so I'm still figuring out what that mm -hmm. means exactly. Um, but it feels good. It feels good to have agency over your identity and like get to claim something that's not harmful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Saraya, you and I have talked for years about like, well, 
we're probably not straight though you know <laughs> like well, we're, I, we're, I remember we're probably, we're probably, I remember you one time were like yeah cat yes. that's not straight <laughs> yeah as I'm describing more often than not the you. people we have in our lives <laughs> yeah. the way that we believe about things yeah, yeah exactly and I know for a long time for me um I was like well yeah I know and also I don't have the capacity to deal with that right now I had I for 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 years was I feel like this is probably unhealthy but it's just how things worked for me I was like well I will address that I will address that identity I will address those feelings I will address how to like describe how I feel um when I find myself in a queer relationship like that was sort of my Mm. I don't know if timeline's the right word but that was like the yeah we'll just we'll address that when we get there um and here I am in a queer relationship and so now I am addressing all these thoughts and feelings um and yeah I just feeling more like comfortable identifying as queer and liking that like openness of a queer identity like I I've like am I bisexual am I what am I, I just like don't really feel the need to figure that out or to define that really when I can just um when when like um identifying as queer feels a little more open and just more aligned with like the general yeah not the heteronormative blah, 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 that I feel you know I'm finding that both of us are having difficulties talking about no, this, which is like Duh. on a podcast <laughs> so it's like literally all we're supposed to do and also I think that's the nature of navigating and discovering ourselves right. and we're just at a point where we can talk about it openly on our podcast and like bookmark it but i imagine when we listen back to this in like five years ten years i'll be so clunky who knows what we're gonna be like yeah i mean i think but isn't that how it goes with all identity development like um Mm -hmm. you know like Soraya, starting this podcast was like the first time that you like called yourself fat publicly in a consistent Mm -hmm. way right yeah and actually i would have to say that me being who i am right now my beliefs getting comfortable talking about that is in due part to this podcast mm. and having a space to think through. So I, I consider like what a gift because there are so many people out there who have other identities, but if you don't have enough time to talk through it, you have, don't have a support system, it's harder. It's harder to find those words. It's harder to feel secure in that or insecure in that. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to think through it with you over the years. Absolutely. Same. I feel the same way. And I think for us, Soraya, that has happened on and off the podcast, which has been a real gift as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then even thinking about our guests, right? Like we've got to hear so many different people's perspectives and that I think truly does help us kind of sit with what is possible for us or what's possible for other people. I mean, isn't that the thing? Like being able to hear other people tell their stories because inevitably for you or I or other folks, you know, listening, it's like there might be parts of that that we identify with and others might be able to put into words how we feel or what, you know, like our thought processes in ways that we couldn't have until hearing them describe it. Mm -hmm. That's special. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's been really special. And that's why I'm so excited to hear our interview later, too. Was there anything else that you wanted to share just about like this aspect of discovering ourselves or? Like I mentioned at the top, I still I've really like Casey's words really spoke to me. That's happened several times throughout this podcast. I remember um, when we interviewed Ben a couple years ago, too. I remember he said something and I was just like, this is not like the most, uh, it, it, this is like a concept I'm sure I've heard before, but just like hearing it with new ears, you know, that's how I mm-hmm. feel about what Casey shared about discovering themselves. Um, and I, thinking about that for me, and I don't know, I'll share more probably in our last episode, but there's some other parts of myself that I'm really exploring lately. And it's like requiring me to think a lot about who I really am versus who I've told myself I am versus who other people think I am versus who I want to be. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, and all of those things combine, um, combined and, yeah, I don't know. It's just like an interesting space to be in. And I will echo what you've shared that like this has been a real gift to be able to work through some of those things with you uh, off the pod, Soraya, and kind of out loud here on the pod. And yeah, I guess like more of that, right? Even though the, our podcast is ending, it doesn't mean that this discovery for you and I will end here as well. And and for you, dear listeners, we hope yeah. that your discovery of yourselves um, continues to grow, you know, forevermore. (laughs) 
Truly. I guess one other thing I wanted to say is that it can feel overwhelming. Like what you just described yep. feels like incredibly <laughs> overwhelming. And also if there's this, um, if, if you get to a point where there's some like release or joy within discovering parts of yourself, like how cool to know that, yeah, it is a process to untangle all of that. And also how cool that you're just becoming the best version of yourself yeah. or the person you want to be in the future. Oh, and I can't wait to meet the future us. Oh my God, we'll be so much cooler than the current <laughs> us. <laughs> and life is long, you know? There's just so many possibilities of who we'll be. We've talked about it enough. It is time to introduce our interview with Alejandra Hernandez Chavez. Alejandra, we get to start by asking you what we ask everyone, which is, what is your story as a matter of fact? Yes, so excited for this question. Um, well, you know, I am a, a person who's lived in a fat body for their entire life. You know, my mom used to make a joke that um, I was her heaviest child until my brother was born. And then we used to poke fun at each other for that kind of thing. Um, you know, before I was fat liberated. <laughs> um, and I think fat was like one of the identities that I really came to at the very end. Um, because I have a lot of intersections to myself. You know, I'm, I'm a, a Mexicana, like a immigrant. I'm a queer person. I am a, a cisgendered woman. Um, and, you know, I'm a melanated person. And so I think there was a lot to talk about before there was fat to talk about. Mm -hmm. And it's like truly like who wants you to identify as a fat person? Uh, and so I feel like that's why it really was one of those like marginalized identities that I came to at the very end. Um, but I think once it was something that I was like, yes, I'm a fat person. Yes, I live in a fat body. Uh, it was really something that I saw that was really linked to everything and really um, seeped its like way into like um, every aspect of my life. And I guess I wouldn't want to say seeped perhaps because um, it makes it sound bad and I don't feel bad about my fatness now. Mm. Um, but it was just really like, you know, like now that I work around so, so many fat people and my work is like recognized for being within the fat community. I was just telling my partner the other day, I was like, wow, you know, I had gotten like recognized for being like a Latina person and for being a queer person and for being a, like a woman. And I was like, you know, who, who whoever was going to recognize me for being a fat person outside of like my own community? Mm hmm. Um, so I think it's been really nice to move in this direction that has really embraced that part of my identity and has shown me that there's still like a lot of work to do and that there has already been so much work that has been done, yeah. um, which I think is like really lovely and really beautiful in, in the sense that like, I get to be like, wow, like, I'm a person who is fat and like, you know, I, I feel like I've moved a little bit of away from body neutrality and not in a negative sense. I love body neutrality, but I think I've been getting to a point where I'm actually like, I actually think I'm really cool. And part of my coolness is that I'm a fat person. And, and now I feel like I'm developing a sense of style for myself. And I feel like it wouldn't mm. be the same if I wasn't in a fat body. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I'm in a very serious relationship right now. And I feel like, again, it wouldn't be the same if I wasn't experiencing love in a fat body. Uh, and so now I feel like more well-rounded within like, you know, my story and my like livelihood and the things that I have lived uh, and kind of like embracing that most of that has been impacted because I live in a fat body and it has been good or bad. But at the end of the day, I feel really fucking good. Oh my God. I didn't ask if I could cuss. I love you are welcome to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Especially when they're impassioned and like true about your experience. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You're welcome to that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's good. Um, 
But, you know, I just feel really good about the kind of person that I am and like what I do and like who I've turned out to be as a fat person and like not in a weird, resilient, like difficult things make you strong, Hmm. but um, just in like a, I love my work and my community and I love who I am. And it's just like really good. That is real good. And I, I thank you for bringing us to current day and where you're at right now. I'm curious, would you mind sharing more about your origin story around community organizing and activism, but like specifically how that's grown over the years and then in relation to your roles with the Twin Cities Fat Community and Cake? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so it's not something I talk about much now because I, I work in a different uh, area now, but I uh, grew up as an undocumented person. Um, I'm originally from an area in northern Mexico and, you know, migrated to the U.S. when I was about five years old. And I think the dynamic of living in a mixed status family, because my mom was a permanent resident. And then later on, when I had two brothers, you know, my brothers were citizens. um, And my father, my sister and I were undocumented people. And I think the reality of living that kind of lifestyle and seeing that, you know, my brother could go and have his baptism in Mexico, but we couldn't go. Mm. And not really understanding why it was that we couldn't go um, almost like mean making this meaning that like, there's something of you missing or something wrong, hmm. but also realizing that there was a lot of people in our community who were living the same and who were not in good conditions. Um, so I think I also like want to plug that I'm an Aquarius and I, and <laughs> I think Aquarians <laughs> are very like movement people. Um, but even as I was young, I was like, there is something that's not right about this. And I didn't really know how to describe it until the, the movement for the dream act started, uh, in the early two thousands. And that Mm. is when I really saw people, you know, take to the streets and protest and say like, we are here, we deserve to be here and you should acknowledge us. Mm. And I think that is what really, um, that was really like a catalyst for me to be like, okay, like we get to actually ask for things. Like we don't have to just live in silence. Um, And so I really carried that with me. I was always um, that very like forthright person who was like, no, I don't feel like this is right. And I don't want to do this. Um, Or I would, you know, know something felt off uh, in a situation, even if I didn't have the vocabulary for it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky enough to become a permanent resident and later a, a U.S. citizen um, when I was still, you know, ending high, middle school and starting high school. But I still realized that, you know, like I'm an immigrant every day that mm-hmm. never goes away. And it's such a lie that like, you know, you get this little blue book and that tells you you could go anywhere and that mm-hmm. you're fine. Um because during the Trump administration, there were so many stories about people who looked like me, who were also U.S. citizens, who were deported by mistake. And yeah. instead of the administration, you know, acknowledging their mistake, they would just take people's citizenships away. Um, mm. And so it's always scary. And if it's not me, you know, it could be a friend or a family member or someone's mm-hmm. family member. Like you always are hearing awful things happening to people because it's just what happens to our community. Um, and I'm just not the kind of person to just take that lightly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I used to do, I used to, you know, show up for people who had family members who were deported. And then I helped lead initiatives on my campus in Nevada, um, so that we could have a sanctuary campus, um, after, you know, certain political moves are made. Uh, And I then started organizing professionally as a job um, to focus with Latina people and, you know, what it was that they wanted out of their, like, municipal and, like, their more local governments 
to make sure that they were like heard and listened to and had every opportunity that everyone else had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually what brought me here to Minnesota. I worked for a a prominent organization that did, um, you know, uh, faith-based organizing. And so I worked with Latina people in Catholic churches to mostly work towards the Freedom to Drive campaign so that people here in the state of Minnesota, uh, regardless of status, can receive a driver's license, which is still not something that has passed, unfortunately. Mm. Um, But just doing different things like that. Um, And I think I've always really loved people. I am Mm. like a people-based person. Mm -hmm. Like I was always talking to random people. My mom (laughs) hates taking me to the grocery store sometimes because... (laughs) I will like start a conversation with the cashier where they tell me like about their like mother who passed like random things. And she'll be like, why do you have to talk to everyone? And I'm like, you know, these are people like, why don't we talk to people more? Um, So I think that's really how I really fell into, you know, community, community organizing and activism work. It just felt very natural for me. Um very draining but very natural mm-hmm. um yeah. and i think that has transferred over to the work that i do with the twin cities fat community and with cake um because you know i help lead our fat chats which are monthly chats that we do where people fat people get to come together talk about a specific topic we also give time to just talk about silly things and i think my facilitation of that like feels so amazing just to be able to give that space to fat people mm-hmm. to like talk about things that maybe they're holding on to things that are maybe painful, like things that they, maybe they don't have a resolution for and to just create community and say, Hey, we've been there and we're maybe still there, but there mm-hmm. is like, here are suggestions. Here's what I did. Um, or also maybe just like, you know, screw your mom making that comment or like, just like that validation that like, you and your body are not wrong in whatever situation it is that you're in. Uh, But you also get to feel however you feel about it. Um, I think has just been really wonderful. And I think also very healing for myself uh, to be surrounded with so many fat people who just want to like engage and build the same community that I want to see because I'm still part of the community. And so I want to see it grow and I want to see it thrive. Mm-hmm. And you are so good at facilitating those. You are so good at it. Um, I'm just like, I remember when we had the first one, I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> you should facilitate everything <laughs> always forever. It was just such yeah. a, like, you just do a great job of really um, creating that space for folks. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that as well. Like, I'm glad they bring you joy because like you're bringing a lot of people joy and and like offering that like space for possible healing um, in the way that you facilitate those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you. And what about Twin Cities Fat Community? Oh, yeah, I think um, every time I share about the Twin Cities Fat Community with someone else, it makes me like teary because Kat is originally like the person who told me about the TCFC. You know, like I was just like, I had just moved here. I had just found cake. And I think it was like one day where there wasn't many people. And I told Kat that I had just moved here. And she was like, oh, why don't you join this Facebook group, blah, blah, blah. And I remember that day. Right. And it just feels so full circle that now I am an admin and a mod for the TCFC. And there will be people who come to the shop. And I'm like, hi, have you heard about the TCFC? You should probably join. Like Aww. there's lots of uh, good suggestions on there that will be maybe helpful to you. Um, but I think the TCFC feels really special to me. I'm also like super protective of it. Like every time I have to do approvals, I'm like, are you fat? Mm-hmm. Are you looking for fat liberation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think being on there likewise and creating community, like, you know, I think for myself also, I've shared posts there that are looking for suggestions about like seating um, at certain, you know, performance halls. Um, I've also gone on there to vent when I've had really terrible doctor's appointments. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so it has been really like, 
like it feels like embraceful almost that I can turn to like a group of people that you know don't have my safe lived experience so there's no assumption that you know they know exactly everything but they know a facet of my life and can provide you know that same support yeah I just I I think that that's like a really special space as well and I was so excited to hear it when you became one of the mods for Twin Cities Fat Community. Yeah. And I love it. It's so nice. And you're just like a woman on the internet and like on social media, you know? <laughs> yes. I've heard Kat say this multiple times and I, I'm still trying to understand what that means, but I think we're getting at it right it, now. I think yeah. it just means that like my uh, screen time report is... <laughs> oh, <no>. um, <laughs> unnecessarily truthful sometimes um and needs to stop calling me out well and also i mean i think like we all got long many of us have long screen time reports and also alejandra i think you just do a good job of like um seeking out information that's like just like liberatory stuff like related to fat liberation and beyond and are just like good at remembering and like sharing and um, I don't know. It feels like if there's ever like any, oh, sorry, I'm going to use the word you hate. If there's any like fat oh. scuttlebutt, any like, you know, oh, gossiper no. <laughs> things, you always know about it, which I, yeah. I really appreciate. Yes. I like to stay plugged in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've mentioned already that you're a transplant to the Midwest, but we're interested in knowing like, what has it been like for you settling into life in the Twin Cities over the past several years? Yeah, I think it would be really hard without the fat community mm -hmm. here. Um, just because I'm, you know, I moved here for a job that was very demanding that had me working like 60 hours a week. Um, and so I moved here March 2019. And some folks will say, oh, well, you had a year before COVID to kind of get to know the area. And I truly didn't because I was working so much. Um. Um, so I still consider myself like so new, even though next March I hit four years, um, because I really haven't been able to like explore much or do, or do many things. Um, I was also told, I don't know if I've told some people about this and some people are like, you're lying. That's not a real thing. But have you all heard of the Minnesota freeze? Oh yeah. Like uh, it's just hard to make friends. People. Is that what yes. you're referring to? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, so I think like right away, like a month into being here, someone told me about that. And I was like, oh, fun. Um, <laughs> and I think it was true. You know, there was a lot of facets too. like I was working a lot. Um, I got to know the coworkers that I had. Um, it was very interesting to see them hanging out with people who they knew from high school and middle school. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of just like hung out in the spaces that I could be like, oh, yeah, I'll go to that. Or, yeah, I'll go to that. Um, and so I think it was really great for me to find the TCFC because even if I wasn't meeting up with folks, I just felt more connected. Yeah. Like, they, they felt like there was a support system where there wasn't before. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really great. Um, and, you know, I think I've gone through – uh, my motions. I um, I'm a winter person, but I'm not a Minnesota winter person. So, that's real. you know, that's been a little difficult in settling in. I think also um, the state is flat. That's so weird to me. Mm. Um, because I grew up in Nevada, in right by the Sierra Nevadas. So, I was driving once, and I realized, oh my gosh, there's no mountains here. That's what's been missing mm. from this guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. But otherwise, I feel like I've been settling in. I think I also moved here at a really interesting time, you know. I lived about uh, over a half mile away from George Floyd uh, Square and mm -hmm. eventually where, you know, George Floyd was murdered. And, you know, when the precinct was lit on fire, I could actually see the orange from the flames from my window. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um. So I think I live. I moved here and lived here at a at a really important time for the Twin Cities, uh, where there was some really important reckoning that I think is really still happening. Yeah. Um, but it was a conversation that I was open to, you know, and something that I um, was willing to be a part of, and hopefully, you know, bring some folks of mine into this conversation. Um, 
which I think gave me a lot of respect for local people here in the Twin Cities um, to see that people have some of the same like moral groundings that I have and also want to see change for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was really great. It's still, you know, sometimes it's like up and down. Um, I still sometimes can't find Valentina, which is the hot sauce, hot sauce. Like I can't find it normally. Like I have to go to like a, like a Mexican store. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, beforehand I could walk into a Walmart and be like, oh, okay, great. I could get like three bottles if I wanted. Um, so I think it's just still that, um, oddity sometimes where it's those little things that let you know, like, was this space made for me? Does the space have me in mind? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it still doesn't feel that way, but I feel like I have definitely, maybe possibly you could be seen in an act of rebellion. Like I feel like I've definitely cut that space out for myself. And there has also been generations of, Latina people and BIPOC people who have cut space out for themselves here when it's the general population didn't want them to. And so I have major respect for that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I mean, you brought up something earlier, which I think feeds into the next question, but you also said love, like you found love. And I wonder how that fits into what's bringing you joy right now, because that's something we always love to talk with folks about. Yeah, such a good question. Like, no one ever asks, like, what's making you happy? Um, But yes, I met my partner here, um, I think, a week after everything shut down in 2020. Wow. Wow. What timing. I know, right? Um, We just both happened to be on Hinge. And, you know, she is working on a PhD. So we had talked about how... um, we would be here for a while, but I think she has also really fallen in love with the area. And so we are, I used to say that we're, we were here because of her, but I think it's now more of like a choice thing, Mm. but Mm. yeah, I always think of how, like, you know, if I hadn't moved to Minnesota, I, if I would have met Monica, who is my partner. And also if I had never met her, I would have never become a cat person. (laughs) Um, and then I would have never adopted my cat Mia, who is my literal heart and soul. Like we have more cats now and I also equally love them, you know, but Mia's my wallpaper. Like (laughs) there's just like a status there. Like, um, you know, she was really a jump of faith that I made into like, I really would like a companion during these like uncertain times where I'm just sitting by in my apartment by myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I truly just think that like her face is like perfect like was sculpted by gods like I don't there's just something about her where I'm just like I should audition her to do like cat food pictures or something I just think she's so beautiful and my little 15 pound baby um and then I think all of our other animals like it's just been lovely you know we have a we have a kitten who we rescued her name is Rose because we love the bachelor um and sometimes she brings a lot of joy and sometimes she brings a lot of chaos and sometimes she brings both um but I love her very much um and I think you know working I, I feel like it sounds cheesy because you're a here cat but um being able to work at cake and like see so many people um it makes me feel so good when I suggest something to someone and they're like oh no maybe not and I'm like no but you should try it and they're like oh okay and then they end up falling in love with it some people have like walked out of the shop with things that I have suggested and it makes me feel so good to be able to like you know not only give like advice to like another fat person but also like have them have this moment of like oh yeah I look so good I look so cool like I can like take on the world with just a little bit of influence it just feels so good amazing I love hearing you say that it's not a paid endorsement I can verify that this was like true true words being spoken here and I think that speaks to like the relational like this intrinsic drive to be relational and connect with people and have them see this natural joy that you've brought to like this interview so far, Alejandra. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate being in this space. Okay. 
I also didn't mean to like laugh at. I was gonna go back to that um, because I was. Surprised. Okay. I mean, I had like got a mention, but I thought that'd be part one of the things that was bringing you joy. And I don't. I think I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast. I think I have. I started watching The Bachelorette because of you, and like have continued, which is pretty impressive. I think. Yeah. No. I mean. Right now we're in a Bachelor in Paradise season, so it's like, eh, sometimes it brings me joy, and sometimes it just makes me feel like I make better choices than other people. So I'm like, is that joy? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but um, I yes, I do very much um, find a lot of joy in uh, reality TV, uh, specifically the Bachelor franchise, because they keep using the same people so you know who they are already which is, I think, a plus. Also a part of how I met Monica, because um, in my Hinge profile, I had written something about uh, wanting to find someone who wanted to like get rid of capitalism and watch The Bachelor. <laughs> um, and she was also a Bachelor person, so uh, it really worked. Um, but yes, also one of the things that brings me real joy. Also Bob's Burgers. Mark, you know, Morgan and yeah. I, who's a coworker at Cake, have um, uh, both tattoos for Bob's Burgers, which I think <gasps> is really silly. And I think when my mom sees it, she will flip out. Um, but <laughs> it is a show that brings me so much joy. What is your tattoo, if you care to share? You certainly don't have to. Yes, but. it's a little, it's a little niche. Um, so there's an episode where Bob has to kind of infiltrate this group and of questicles, they call them which is kind of the... Oh, yes. Yes. The, I know. Yep. <laughs> it's like the, the furry, but the My Little Pony kind of. Yes. It's like the yeah. made up version of the My Little... The bronies is what they <laughs> yes. call them. Yes. Um, and at the end, someone figures him out and tries to get him to get a goofy tattoo, but he only ends up getting like a mustache and a nose on his back. And I have the same <laughs> nose and mustache in the same spot. So good. Yeah, because I love Bob. That's great. That's really great. Um, does your mom know about it? Oh already? God, no, no. Oh no, <laughs> I got it in 2021, and you okay. know I haven't been back. Uh, she lives in California, um, and I didn't post it online because I didn't want her to know. <laughs> this is the hot gossip. Oh right yeah, here. this is what the hot it is. Goss, yes, <laughs> I'll be like, hi, mom. <laughs> Oh, it has been so wonderful chatting with you, Alejandra. And we are wondering, like, if folks are listening to this and want to connect with you, is that possible? Can people find you on the Internet uh, where where you often live? Uh, how can folks find you? Uh, yes, if folks want to connect, I am on Instagram. It is my greatest vice, probably. Um, <laughs> and my uh, username on there is Ale, which is A-L-E underscore the underscore great um and don't judge me for that um alejandra is a derivative of alexander and that is why i chose that um so you can always find me there at ale the great and i love to connect with folks and i love watching people's stories so feel free to connect awesome we'll also link you of course um so folks can find you um through our show notes as well thanks for telling your story as a matter of fact what a great interview we we gotta talk about some of the things that Alejandra shared absolutely i know we talked a lot about it at the front end and also and before you all even heard the interview now it all makes sense for you but yeah mm -hmm. let's get into it what what were your takeaways from our chat with Alejandra I guess I just wanted to start by sharing how special it is to have her on our podcast um, because I remember the first time she came into Cake and she mentions that too, you know, like being new to Minnesota, coming into Cake, Cake helping her get connected with different parts of that community here locally. And then now for her to be working on my team, it's just, I just, oh gosh, I, I adore her and it feels just like she has shown up in all of these fat spaces. It just all feels like very... 
I don't know if serendipitous is the right word, but it's just like very special. I don't know. I'm going on and on, but I, I, I love all of our guests. And also it was, I'm so happy to have her in before our podcast comes to an end. Yeah. I think there's also something to be said about knowing people and being in relationships with people and then also getting to interview them on a podcast, like different things yeah. come up that you wouldn't Absolutely. have the idea to ask in a casual conversation or just day-to-day experience. So mm-hmm. it is yeah. an elevation to that relationship, which is really cool yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know we um this is a part of what helped us get into our conversation at the beginning of the episode but i i really appreciated how alejandra described you know and she said like there are a lot of things there were a lot of things to talk about before there was fat to talk about yeah right and then and this idea of like who wants you to identify as a fat person and i'm thinking about all of those like identity development workshops we i went through at hamlin mm-hmm. And thinking about like how like body size or fatness like weren't Never. part of that, and and I would actually uh, th- you know something that really struck with me struck me. I remember one time, and I wonder how he might feel about this now, and I wonder how we might have a conversation about this now. But um, one of the staff members who led a lot of those who I just respect so much and still do, I remember him saying one time, you know, um, that body size and like fatness was like a way to. Um, like take away from co- certain conversations. Um, and, and I remember, I don't know. And so it's like, of course, when you want to, when we're um, dissecting one area of identity, um, maybe it's not the time to talk about fatness. Maybe we're talking about race right now, but like to, to not allow that to be part of the conversation at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think things have probably changed a lot in the last 15 years. Um, but it, it, that it, Alejandra's words made me think about that. Like, well, who even wants you to identify as a fat person? Yeah, no, a hundred percent, but also cool to consider how the tools that we get from the, from organizing, from learning about our other identities, then kind of naturally pave the way for us to have these questions, even if it's not formally introduced to us as a topic. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about that before. It's like the same, you know, that that same workshop that I was in that was like, you know, poo-pooing fat identity taught me the skills to be able to then think more about that. Yeah. And I think, sure, things have changed in the last 10 years, but not enough. Otherwise, we wouldn't have enough to talk about. (laughs) I guess you're right. Silver lining, silver lining. But it is true. No, Who wants us to identify as fat? Or I'm thinking more of the community. As you were talking about how cool it was to have Alejandra show up at Cake and now work with you and um, like – I don't know of a fat community apart from our podcast or cake, unless we talk to the people who come through the Twin Cities. And I think that's interesting because a lot of the people that we, well, you've, you've shared in like fat chats and conversations you have, like there isn't that fat community that's thriving in other places that might be the Mm -mm. same for someone else who like comes into a new location and wants to start organizing around a certain group of people. Well, it's unlikely that it'll be fat or like body liberation groups that are going to be plentiful. So, well, and there's still a lot more like that could happen here too. You know what I mean? It's not true. I don't think that every fat person feels included. Also, what what I'm coming to is like this question, you know, who wants you to identify as a fat person? Me! I want <laughs> you to identify as a fat person. Like, you know, because we talk about like, well, do you call yourself fat or not? Right. And for me, that's kind of a litmus test to be like, okay, well, where are you at in your like comfort level, your like identity with like your fatness, your body, etc. Um, so yeah, I just I feel like that is that's that's it. I just I want you if you're fat to feel comfortable to identify as fat. Yeah. And explore what that means, right. For where right. you're at in that spectrum of fatness and like who's included right. in it too. And um, this is more of a dirt and discoursey thing, but I just see so much more of like body positivity and like even fat liberation now being co-opted a teaser um, for our, our dirt and discourse. But like, I feel like that could easily become something that I don't know, mm. maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe fat has too much stigma. But yes, I want you to identify as fat. I found a lot of power in identifying as fat. And also I know that I wouldn't feel as comfortable doing that if I didn't know the background of it. Yeah. And like who isn't isn't applauded for having that identity too. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, let's see. What else? What else came up? It- 
It was really cool to hear a little bit about Alejandra's story, which led her to community activism and kind of how that's grown throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I mean, I know her to be such a people person, but it was really cool to hear her talk about that. <laughs> like you've been talking about her mom's like, why are you talking to that person? Why are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I found too, Alejandra is so easy to talk to. Like there've been several moments, you know, we're just been, like working, hanging clothes. I'm just, we're chit-chatting. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I'm telling you so much stuff. Like I'm revealing so much to you. She is just someone who is so easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like fun to hear her speak on that. And also, I really appreciated some of the things she shared about other identities, um, including being undocumented mm-hmm. um, for a time and kind of what that has meant to her and what that's felt like. And I was I just appreciated like she shared about deportations like, OK, cool. So I have a passport now. But like, what does that even mean? And to know um, what she shared that like folks who because of clerical errors of, you know, it, incompetence within, you know, mm. our government. The systems, people with um, who were citizens being deported, and then suddenly, like, oh, instead of acknowledging the the mistake, yeah. just taking away their citizenship, like to live with the with the realization like that can happen to for me, my realization that can happen to folks in my community, or for her to live with the realization that that could happen to her. You know, like that's just really, really heavy. And so I appreciated that coming up in the interview. Hundred percent. For her, intrinsically, she's a people person. So relationships yeah. first into organizing, but then such very real and important reasons to organize and communicate and relay that lived experience of the people that she connects with, with others, because that mm-hmm. is heavy. That is awful and a very, very prescient reality of what's going on in this country. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also do want to take some time this is a little bit of a pivot to talk about how much we talked about like the bachelor and bachelor i was wondering if that was gonna come up because you scoffed i know when alejandra brought it up and i was like "Mm -hmm, i hear that so i'm glad we came back to it and gave a little more time to i'm a snob i'm a snob okay i get it but also i think that's so funny because i've tried to get into it and i can't but the fact that it brings so much joy to so many people great so many good you included me included actually and i had um i had a lot of the similar thoughts like i i mean when because it came on like i feel like the bachelor started when i was in high school or college and so ever it's been so long and so i remember watching a few episodes or a few seasons like back then and then really falling off and just having a lot of a lot of thoughts about it um but it's been fun to get back in i just enjoy watching shows that people around me are watching so you can chat about Mm -hmm. them but I will say something I have learned because I've done three seasons of The Bachelor or Bachelorette now um, under the influence of Alejandra. <laughs> and I will say for me, um, I much more enjoy The Bachelorette because it's like one woman and then a lot of guys. Um, whereas The Bachelor is one guy and a lot of women. And I don't enjoy like the competition, like to be like uh, trash talking women, making fun of no, but like to trash talk the guys on The Bachelorette, sign me up it's so much more fun so <laughs> i think i'm a bachelorette only fan um yeah but i just i love and I, oh my gosh sorry did you notice how alejandra shared how the bachelor was like part of how her and monica like yeah like you know connected cute. initially how sweet is that yeah mm-hmm. that is and cute. a little kitten named rose in honor <laughs> of the bachelor it goes deep it goes deep mm-hmm. uh yeah, I just and also the fact that like she's still here. Um and part of that is like having found love here and yeah, in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I wonder I wonder well I guess like for all people, you know, like how long will you stay here locally? How long will you be close to me is a question, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um and how long w- will I be here? You know, those are all like Whoa. um in Minnesota, you know. Wow. I mean, I, you stand St. Paul pretty hard. I feel like I know. You're going to be like, there for life a minute. Is, life is long, my friend. And so short. So we should yeah. probably get through this, uh, <laughs> this episode. Oh, my God. What a freaking segue. <laughs> wow. Let's, okay. I already let's teased move. it. Yeah, let's get into the dirt and discourse. <laughs> It's 
time for the Dirt and Discourse. This is where we dive into the excitement and discomfort around relevant pop and cultural happenings. Uh, yes. Okay. So I teased it a little bit before, but like there's a buildup that I didn't really give uh, enough of a platform to. So do it now. Build it now. Well, I'll try my best. This is- <laughs> I need more coffee. Um, so recently, what is recently, right? Like when you're listening to this versus when it came out on the internet. But in any case, recently on Twitter, there were a bunch of tweets that were talking about, I think it was a New York Times article that was talking about how BMI is not a reliable source uh, for like obesity science or health and things like that. And it's like, yes, yeah, that's Duh, not no news. Joy. <laughs> that's not news. But interesting that it is coming out on this like very influential, wide-reading publication so that, like, it's gaining speed. So the things that people have been saying for so, so, so long now are getting into, like, more well-read. Bigger platforms, bigger publications, like, maybe more reputable or more, like, widely circulated news media. That's it. Thank you. I don't know about the reputable part, but yes, that yeah, okay. all, all of the, <laughs> the other stuff The widely circulated part, yeah. Okay. circulated, yeah. And so it's like, okay – that's that's fine and then also the inherent issues with it are they're still using the term obesity they're still (laughs) it's not it's like one step forward three steps back and right (laughs) and the people who are being quoted in these are the same people that we have talked about multiple times before um just about uh, like that one doctor who's in the obesity science that's trying to humanize it, trying to say like, these are people and this is a disease and we need to assess this. And it's like, oh my gosh, when did we do this? Last season, I think, is when we talked about yeah, this. Yeah, I don't remember their course. name. There was that NPR episode that we listened to. Um, oh, yeah. Exactly. But it's, that same, it's the same like handful it of people. It was talking about BMI or like obesity as an underlying um, issue with COVID. That's when we right. brought it up last yep. time. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about that is that Novo Nordisk is doing a bunch of this research and like funding a bunch of this research. And then on NPR one day, I heard them saying like, Novo Nordisk is sponsoring this. And it's like, well, if it's the same people who are sponsoring all this research, getting time on NPR, getting stuff published in the New York Times, like it just feels like they are co-opting some pieces of what we've been saying for a really long time to make it more palatable to keep like pushing, uh, reducing in the same sense. Because it's, yeah, you go ahead. They, oh, I was gonna say they absolutely are exactly. And what's what I'm kind of drawing the connection to is, you know, we for like seasons ago talked about how Weight Watchers rebranded as WW, right? Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to be a little like it's still the same shit, but they wanted to make it kind of go down a little different and be easier to like attach yourself to because it is getting less and less um, in some circles, in some spaces. It's not as appropriate to be as blatant about weight loss for weight loss sake right. to be di- as diet culture as diet culture can be, you know? And so it's the same stuff, but maybe just like a little bit uh, framed a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like like the, that, um, that tactic continues, you know, but it's all to your point in the, in the name of reducing um, and not in the name of empowerment. Okay. So I will say, as I was talking before in my mind, I felt like I looked like that, image that a lot of people have seen if you've been on the internet where it's this guy it's it's from always sunny in philadelphia it's charlie and he's in front of this board uh that has a bunch of papers plastered all over it and Uh then there's like the red um strings connecting he's like it's all connected he's he's saying pepe silva it's all pepe silva but i feel like i'm that person right now (laughs) i'm trying to be like it's all connected it's all happening and like not making any sense in this particular moment but (laughs) but Cat has a receipt that is a good, I think, example of what we're talking about to some extent. Mm-hmm. I sure do. Speaking of Novo Nordisk. Um, <laughs> okay, but we're going to take it somewhere different before we get there. Oh, we are. Okay, sorry. Season- no, it's all related. It's all connected, Soraya. <laughs> Season three of The Equalizer has come out <laughs> on CBS Paramount+. Plus. Um, it is my favorite non-cop show cop show starring Queen Latifah. We all stand Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah is incredible. And also... She is now the spokesperson for this campaign called It's Bigger Than. And which is like, it, you don't, it, it, which on the surface, it, it feels like some kind of 
fat community thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's just uh, the way I became um, introduced to it was just like a series of small videos that she's in where she's just like talking to the camera, talking to other fat folks, saying things like, yeah, it's part of our body chemistry that we're fat. It's like, it's not, it's not our fault we're fat. It has to do with A, B, C, and D. Yeah, I've noticed this my whole life. And, it, it, you know, mimicking conversations that maybe I've had with other fat folks, right? But then the next part is like, so let's address this through these things. And it's this campaign sponsored by Novo Nordisk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to me. And so, but it's just like, um, to your point from what, you know, we've been saying in this certain discourse segment, it's like the, the way it's the same things that are trying to happen, lose weight. We have the secret. We'll have, we'll be able to help you do it. But the way we're getting at that conversation is mimicking conversations that could turn fat liberatory you know what i mean it's like this conversation is starting out in a way where i as a fat person i'm like where's this going where's this going i could be here oh no i'm not here for this you know um it's very hard to be making sense of all of this and it's very sneaky and uh, unfortunately very strategic on the parts of these marketing folks who are um who are The way you said reducing before, Soraya, it just brings me back to the Fat Liberation Manifesto. And so I want to say like peddling their diet. I want to utilize that language even further. But the peddling is the only word that comes back to me from from, (laughs) the reducing (laughs) industries. From the reducing industries, yes. But if this doesn't scream reducing industry, I don't know what does. So this is from the It's Bigger Than Instagram page. Um, which has a blue check mark next to it. So it's like, but only like 11,000 followers, which is still a lot, but like you had to pay for that, right? Okay. Oh, so yeah. uh, in their bio, it says obesity isn't a character flaw. Yeah. Like what have we been saying? Agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but a health condition we can manage, comma, together. Well, let's change the conversation. Brought to you by Novo Nordisk. <laughs> and it's like, oh. You had me in the first part in the best way. Um, And then you lost me. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. it's just an interesting, like, this is a reducing industry. They are saying, you're not a bad person, but you have a bad characterization. Like, there's a a bad part of you. And you can deal with it with our help. With our help. Woof. Woof. And just this idea that, like, you know, um, this is we've done lots of work in minisodes to talk about this, so I won't go into detail. But for folks who are listening who might be like, oh, but like my fatness does lead to like health concerns for me, you know, or like does like I'm fat and also I do have fat things that are going or uh, health things that are going on to that. I would say like, yeah, you have health things going on that may or may not be impacted by your weight. Like whatever health conditions you have, I promise there are people at every size who have those health conditions and like saying that your fatness is the issue um is the issue that's not that's not the problem here um and i just oh yeah i just feel for folks who might listen to some of these it's bigger than little infomercials with queen with queen latifah and be um and not and continue listening farther than we do before we're like turn around get out of here you know mm-hmm. yeah it's hard I mean, it's not, I don't know if this is a good connection to draw. It's not unlike us talking about body positivity and then diving into the fat lib side of things. It really feels like they are oh. leveraging like fat lib to like draw people in a little mm-hmm. bit, like fat lib light, mm-hmm. and then going back to the good old standby. Fuck, you're right. Ugh. At least we're using our powers for good, not evil. I'm we're just not making money there. off of it. But, like, but thank <laughs> you to like all no the people who have given fat cash. So thank you to everyone <laughs> yeah, who's done some... that. But yeah, we're not we're not getting a blue check mark. <laughs> no, it's, no. Somehow I feel like that. Yeah, it it pales in comparison to what Novo Nordisk is bringing in. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But, um. Anything else that you care to share in this dirt and discourse? Because like, you know, this is no, a good one. I think we've. I think um, in the spirit of that uh, meme with the "it's all connected," <laughs> I think we leave it at this little cleanly connected thing, um, and bring this dirt and discourse to an end. Okay. Here we are again at the end. 
but it's not the end of the podcast itself. That is coming later this year. <laughs> Just in case you didn't pick up on that yet. <laughs> episode. So, okay. But in the meantime, if you want more from us, you can find us on Instagram at Matter of Fat Pod or on our website at www.matteroffatpod.com. On our website, you'll find the show notes, the transcripts. Thank you, Lindsay. Info about Matter of Fat, links to all of our socials, access to older episodes, and more. Yes, and that more includes a link to our Fat Cash. If you love the pod and want to send some monetary support our way, get into our Fat Cash. There's more details on our website, or you can just find us directly on Venmo at Matter of Fat Pod um, and send us some love via money over there. Mm-hmm. Generosity through Fat Cash has been a small way that we've been able to offset a few of our podcasting expenses over the last five years. And like, deeply appreciated. Yes. And yeah, more importantly, though, it's what's helped us give our assistants a modest stipend for their work with us, like Lindsay, for her work with transcripts this season. So yeah. Yeah. And we only have two episodes after this one until matter of fact comes to an end so now is the time to send a little fat cash over if you'd like um plus if you do so you will hear your name here at the end of our next episode Uh, we'd also be happy to shout you out and share your name if you review us on apple podcasts Mm-hmm. It's never expected, it is always appreciated. Uh, you listening is much appreciated. Yeah. Also, I am dying right now because you said now is the time. And I'm like, what is this? An NPR member drive? Now <laughs> is the time. But like literally NPR <laughs> member drives is happening right now. So it must have like infiltrated my like my thought you process. Had the my sound. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, okay, y'all. But until next time when we're back for more Midwestern thoughts, friendly discourse, and discerning opinions. As, as a, a matter, matter of fact. fact. Matter of fact.